0: Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use our code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box.
1: Hey guys, over the weekend, I had the pleasure of sitting down with both Philip Holloway and Maurice Godwin in the same room together. We got the chance to discuss Tara Grinstead's case and to express our own thoughts and opinions to each other. And today, you'll get to hear it. This is Case Evidence. first thing I want to talk about, and I'll just kind of pose this question to both of you guys. What do you guys make of the indictment for Ryan Duke? And do you think that the narrative the GBI is pressing and putting out there for us is what really happened? And if you don't think that's what happened, how different do you think the truth is?
2: Well, I've said all along that I think the indictment is potentially legally insufficient because it doesn't accurately and succinctly, specifically describe how he allegedly used his hand in a deadly way. So that could be a problem for them. Whether or not it's intentionally vague because there's maybe some deal in place is an open question. I've got my suspicions about it. If the indictment is challenged, it'd be very easy for the DA to go back to the grand jury and get one that has more details and it's more specific so they can always reindict the case. As far as the narrative that we've been given, and by narrative I mean piecing together what we can from what's been publicly released before the gag order, reading the language of the indictment and reading the language of the arrest warrants, the narrative that it was a burglary that went bad, I'm not buying it. I've never thought that was the truth. I think something else is the truth. I don't know if it's because maybe – law enforcement has been misled by witnesses in the case, or whether it's intentionally vague just for some strategic reasons. I don't know the answer to those questions.
1: It almost seems like they could have got some information that was information that they deemed valid and they just jumped on the gun and ran with this theory. And then maybe more time went on and different information surfaced. Maybe that's not what really happened. Maybe it happened differently. Or
3: they may, because there's no other witnesses that we know of to what Ryan did. And they may only have just that amount of information. Maybe Ryan started and and then just stopped, and that's all that they actually have. And that's what they used. There's a possibility that it's vague because that's all they have is vague information from Ryan. And there's no witnesses, not less uh, Bo collaborated to some. There's no other witnesses to, to what Ryan did except Ryan. So maybe they don't really have anything else to go there. But the one thing that I've often wondered why is with the judge when she originally did that order about having us like a secret trial, or whatever.
2: The original so, gag yeah, order. The yeah,
3: the rig- original gag order. Cause she didn't do that on her own. She was influenced to do that. I'm just wondering if the warrant is not purposely vague because um, there might be some um, bad stuff that what really happened, and maybe that was the original intent of the judge about the secret court trial in the first place, and that might be the reason not to let certain
2: things
1: come out of, about what happened. And Phil, can you recap me and the listeners on this secret trial that Maurice is talking about?
2: So the original gag order essentially called for everything to be done in camera, And that's a Latin word. It's a a legal phrase, and it basically means in chambers or in private. Essentially, what it would have called for would any proceeding that would have occurred, whether it was a trial or a plea or anything else, been done in a courtroom that was closed to the public. And there's no way in hell I would ever agree to any kind of such order. If if I'm taking a client to trial, I'm not going to agree that the trial is going to be held essentially in secret, even if there's a jury in the box, but the public's not allowed to watch, I'd, I'd have to call the judge out on that.
1: It seemed very extreme and very fast for the gag order to come into place like that. Let me ask a question. Did the defense attorney
3: or the DA object to that?
2: I don't think anybody objected to it. Really it was the media, as I recall, that had to essentially come in and say, you know, we're gonna call BS on this and you know, there's a First Amendment right of the press and things like that and the public has a right to access the courts. So it was the media that came in and, and challenged. And interestingly enough, if you recall from from that court hearing, Bo Dukes wasn't there. He wasn't represented. He didn't have a lawyer there, but the DA mentioned I believe it was the DA mentioned that he was was authorized to speak on behalf of Bo's lawyer and that they had no objection to the order and, and being included. And so he became part of the amended order.
3: Yeah. As far as the, the in-camera stuff ruling uh, originally, the DA and the defense attorney didn't object to that, did they? Not
2: to my knowledge. I don't recall any
3: objections. So to there I- might be something that both of them know about that might be very damaging or very uh, sadistic information or whatever that they weren't really wanted to originally want to try to keep out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was in the courtroom when the AJC and a couple other media outlets opposed the gag order. I was there for that hearing and I saw I thought it was very strange. And I keep saying it even to this day. The D.A. and the defense for Ryan were sitting at the same table across from all the media outlets who were opposing the gag order. They were basically on the same team and it it was different media outlets on one side of the courtroom and they all came together as a whole to file a complaint and try to get this gag order removed. And on the other side of the courtroom, you have Ryan Duke's defense attorney. Then you have the district attorney who's prosecuting Ryan right next to each other in support of the gag order. And I thought that was very strange.
2: Well, the defense attorney has an interest in protecting his client. He's got to protect his client's right to a fair trial. And they made some arguments in favor of a gag order to cut down on pretrial publicity. And that's actually a legitimate thing for a defense attorney to do. But what I didn't hear was an objection to the courtroom being closed entirely. That was what was surprising is that why would you not object to at least to that part of it? I I can see a legitimate strategic reason for the defense concurring in uh, the issuance of a gag order in the interest of protecting their clients rights to a fair trial. But I can't see how one could go and say it's okay to close the courtroom judge for a trial. Well, if
3: you answered that why question the reason they wanted that in-camera stuff, you might answer get answers to more about what Ryan did. Very true. Or having everything so private. In ca- well, in the judge's chambers, basically, right?
2: Right. Yeah. In-camera, traditionally, it means that you go back in the judge's That's office right. and the judge reviews something by him or herself yeah. in, in chambers. But in this context, it could also mean just bringing in the jury and locking the courtroom door and having the trial without any... The you answer to the question
3: of why they wanted that and why there was no objection by the, the DA or the, the defense on that, and you might find out something more about what Ryan did in this case, or both.
1: Meaning it's set up this way because there's more to the story. Oh, yeah. So this case has been unsolved for going on 12 years now, since 2005. Maurice, I'll ask you first, why do you think the GBI could never solve it? Why did it take till 2017 for the GBI to solve this what was it about this case that made it so much different than the other cases
3: I just don't think they had the leadership in the beginning because in 06 I knew about the DNA full male DNA profile on the glove but it wasn't officially announced until 08 when Rothwell and them agreed to let 48 hours announce it on that show that's two right. years and then February 23rd, when they had the news conference for Ryan, that was the first news conference ever been held in this case. I mean, another thing uh, in this type of case where you've got a small town and everything, you really need agents, need informants or somebody working around the two counties there and everything. And I, I, they didn't have none of that. I'll tell you what happened, and it happens just not in this case, but a lot of cases, is that the DNA, waiting on a DNA CODIS match... Made the investigators lazy, and they didn't do the shoe work. After a number of years, they just waiting for the DNA hit. Look what the agent did with uh, my two witnesses, Mobley and
1: Moshe, the guys who saw the black truck.
3: Yeah, yeah look, I mean, I mean, they come up there and, and, and question stuff, and want to know if they had a, a drug test, and uh, treated them like uh, suspects, and they they never discussed what he the agent originally went to see them about the truck. I mean they're street smart, right? Yeah. And they got turned off. They could have had information about the killer. I believe that the answer to what we know about this case now since the arrest is within the thirty feet of files in the GBI's office. You know, you can you can have all the files you want to with all the information, but if you unless you got somebody that can take some information from out of the files and work it and turn it around to something else then that piece of information
2: is no good right you know that raises a, a question that i've had now and i guess it's a good time to talk about it when recently if, in in preparation for the first episode of sworn i met a dedicated law enforcement officer whose case lead case agent on, on the unsolved double murder And he was willing to basically open up his entire case file. And it's a big file. It may not be 30 feet long, but it's certainly huge. And he's brainstormed it with other law enforcement agencies. and, And he's willing to do whatever it takes to share information to try to shake something out. So to your knowledge, has the GBI ever done anything like that? Nope.
1: What is it? Is it a pride thing? I mean, I know that there are well, certain cl- reasons law enforcement holds back information because only the suspect would know that.
3: I don't know for a fact that the GBI brought in an expert from the outside to look it over. I don't know that for sure, but I seriously doubt it.
4: Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline— Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android.
1: I'm going to Mexico City, and it's going to be an awesome vacation, all thanks to Viator. If you're looking to book your next trip, Viator is your one-stop shop. They've done all the research for you, from classes and workshops, food and drinks, outdoor activities, sightseeing, cruises, tours museums, everything you want to do on a vacation is all right here at your fingertips by using Viator. Viator is the solution you need to ensure you plan the perfect trip and overall travel experience. Viator is a tool you can use to plan and book travel experiences all around the world. The Viator app and website make it easy to explore 300,000 plus travel experiences so you can discover what's out there no matter where you're traveling or what you're interested in. Viator can help you plan better travel experiences. 300,000 plus travel experiences to choose from means that you can plan something everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Enjoy real traveler reviews to get insider information from people who've already been there on the same experiences you're choosing. And if plans changed, there's free cancellation. Plus, Viator offers 24/7 customer service. So you know that you'll get the support you need at any hour if things aren't going as planned. So download the Viator app now use the code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find the perfect travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Does it do more hurting or helping to withhold information from the general public for an extended period of time? Oh, it,
2: it weren't this case. Well, it's possible to crowdsource things to solve mysteries. There's legitimate reasons for law enforcement to withhold certain items Sensitive of evidence. evidence of sure. But it also makes sense to share some stuff with the public because as what we've seen with this podcast, the way I use the term is I say that the podcast literally shook the trees until something fell out. Right. Now, what fell out? Is that the whole truth or a part of the truth? That's an open question in my mind, but but it, it definitely stirred things up to the point that there's now some arrest. In well, there. you
3: know the saying, you've been in law enforcement, I was in law enforcement, that despite the efforts of uh, investigators and police in any case, uh, the public solves crime. By somebody coming forward, uh, saying they saw something, giving a tip, or something, uh, the public solves crime. How can the public solve uh, this case when they never heard from the GBI about the case in the first place?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it brings up a bigger issue, and it's really with Georgia on this one because different states have different laws, right, Phil, when it comes yeah. to the closed records
3: law. Uh, North Carolina is one of the worst for that. But
1: yeah,
2: The GBI could, if they choose to do so, open up their files. They can release anything. Yeah, they have the option. Right, of course, before the gag order, now they – Now they're judicially prohibited from it. But before that, they could have used the public because in every case that's a mystery, somebody somewhere knows something. That's right. And if you can stir the pot and make people nervous, then somebody may talk. And that's what we eventually saw happen here.
3: Absolutely.
1: And like you said, Maurice, you're convinced that there's evidence and information in that 30 feet of files that the GBI has on the Tara Grinstead case that links to likely ryan duke or beau dukes and what may have really happened to tara and that these aren't just brand new leads this isn't just brand new random information but maybe some of those little rabbit holes we were chasing those little kernels of information uh inside that case file could link back to this maybe it's in there is that what you're saying yeah
3: i've got my letter ready to send off fedex my my georgia records request just as soon as the time is proper. To get the whole entire file, which is probably about two or three thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm sure uh, they love you and uh, you. When well, you they send put it on CD for you, but the thing, but it probably costs two or three thousand dollars, probably.
2: Well, there will be probably lots of open records requests for it, and probably every media outlet that's interested in this case would file the same request and they would all get the same response.
1: I mean, technically, Ryan Duke's attorney made that same request. I mean, he's allowed that. That's part of the... Well, he has
2: to be given the information, the discovery process. They've got to to give him everything, not just evidence that may show his guilt, but they've got to show exculpatory information. And if you think about it... And what does that
1: mean? That means other people
2: that could be involved? Exculpatory evidence is anything that points away from the accused guilt comes out of a case called Brady versus Maryland. It's called Brady material. It's exculpatory. And you think about it in this case, if you had any given person who was a suspect at any point in time, then that is considered exculpatory as well. So if they considered me, for example, to have been a suspect in 2005, although I did have a good alibi, if they considered me as a suspect, then that would be fair game for cross-examination. Well, agent so-and-so, isn't it true that you at one time accused Holloway of this? Right. right? You know, And so that's all Brady material. It's exculpatory, and the defense is entitled to have all of it.
1: So Ryan Duke's attorney is going to use that not only to maybe disprove what the GBI is saying, but also to suggest somebody else.
2: That's all we got to do is create a kernel of reasonable doubt. And reasonable doubt is simply a doubt for which a reason can be attached. And it doesn't have to be much at all. And if they can plant a seed of reasonable doubt in the mind of one single juror, that causes a mistrial if, if the jury gets hung. You know, when I try a case, I'll sit there with a notepad and I'm taking notes of what witnesses are saying, but I have a separate pad It's just for bullet points. When closing argument comes, if a witness has said something that was unusual, I'll just jot it down on my, my list. And so hopefully by the time the trial's over, I'll have a long laundry list of things. And I'll say to a jury, I'll say, look, this... Is what reasonable doubt is. It's a doubt for which a reason can be attached. And I don't know if you guys were listening during this trial, but I was, and I've got this long list of reasons right here, any one of which is sufficient to be reasonable doubt. And if you bite into any one of these, and I just read through them, then that's doubt for which a reason can be attached. And Ryan Duke's
1: attorney has 30 feet of file to do that with it's the largest case file in Georgia to do that with, to potentially disprove what they're saying and suggest somebody else.
2: Well, I've got also reason to believe that, and I think most people do believe, that Ryan has made either a full confession or some kind of incriminating statement. So the defense might need to bring in an expert on false confessions, for example, because it's true. We all know that people have been exonerated who confessed. False confessions do happen. I'm not saying that's what happened in this case, but if I'm defending it, it's something that I'm going to have to deal with. If, there's, if my client's made a statement and I'm planning on trying this case, then I'm going to have to figure a way to work around that statement because that's going to be yeah. a big piece of the case against him.
1: And Phil, to that same point, we don't know for sure if Ryan Duke did confess. That's purely speculation, really. To you, because of how specific the indictment is, even if it sounds crazy, It is very specific.
2: I think he's told them that. I've got pretty solid reasons for believing he made some kind of statement, if if not a full confession. But the warrants alleged, for example, that she died inside her home and that he took her dead body from her house. And how would they know that if he didn't tell them? The warrant was written before Ron was arrested.
3: So the GBI didn't have Ryan in custody to find that out, to put it in a warrant. So it
1: had to come from Bo. That's actually what I was getting at. The information inside the indictment about what Ryan allegedly did, could that have come from Bo and not Ryan himself? Did that have to come from Ryan? Or is that not enough to have someone else say, hey, this guy did this. Okay, now, well, now that, we're going to charge before him with Ryan that.
2: Ryan was arrested. To be fair, we don't know when it was written up. Um, well, I hope it was before he was arrested. Th- you know, the police can make an arrest. Let's say I go into the police station here and I confess to oh, a crime. Yeah. They can arrest me on the spot and put handcuffs on me and I'm in custody. And then they then go secure an aw- a warrant. That happens quite frequently. So That's actually. kind of
1: the in between there. So you're su- yeah. suggesting maybe Ryan was either collected by law enforcement for an interrogation to ask him some questions or he came and met with them and they arranged something to question him about this and maybe that's when he made some sort of small confession and with that information they charged him.
2: That's what I believe happened. Okay. Okay. I believe they got some information from Brooke and her mom and then they talked to Bo and then later they talked to ryan and when they talked to ryan they made a decision to go ahead and make an arrest that's how i believe it went down
1: and do you think that the gbi had to corroborate Bo's version of that story do you think Bo ever told the gbi at all a version of how or why ryan killed tara or is he just not telling me that i mean and not him directly but through brooke assuming that he never told
2: brooke it would be very dangerous for him to withhold information from the gbi because if he's talking to them and and giving them information and he's going to be a cooperating witness, then if they find out that he's said things to them that weren't true or that weren't the complete truth, it could jeopardize any deal that he's got. And it's also illegal in and of itself to give false statements to police. So it would be very dangerous for him to not disclose anything that he doesn't know. Now, that being said, it happens a lot where people talk to the cops and they don't tell them the whole truth.
1: Warmer, sunnier days are coming, and you can fuel up for them with Factor's No Prep, No Mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for the summer. Thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, Factor's Fresh, Never Frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. So, make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust, from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, and keep the kitchen time to a minimum. Factory meals are ready to go in two minutes, so no shopping, no prepping, no cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash UAV50 and use the code UAV50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code UAV50 at factormeals.com slash UAV50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey, it's Payne. I want to share a message from our sponsor, Spot pet insurance. Sometimes unexpected vet bills can hit hard when we least expect them. And if life throws you a curveball, and your beloved pet needs urgent medical attention, the vet bills can start piling up. Enter spot pet insurance, the ally you never knew you needed. Spot pet insurance plans can offer up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, providing a safety net when the unexpected occurs. Life can be unpredictable and so are the needs of our furry companions. Spot Pet Insurance understands that. With Spot, you can focus on the things that matter, knowing that your pet has coverage to help protect your wallet from those unexpected vet bills. Spot Pet Insurance plans don't just offer coverage for unexpected accidents and illnesses. You can add their preventative care benefit to your plan, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can all be covered too. It's a shield against the unexpected. If you have a pet, consider Spot Pet Insurance, because having the right resources at the right time can make all the difference. Just go to spotpet.com. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, insurance benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com/sample-policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company, and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services LLC.
5: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: In this GBI interrogation with Bo and the GBI, if Bo tells them this story, aren't they going to think it's weird and less believable if he has all these details but doesn't know the important things like, why Ryan did this or how exactly it happened.
2: Wouldn't they question
1: that as far as
2: its validity or Bo's personal involvement? If I'm investigating this case and if I'm interviewing Bo Dukes about what he knows, I'm going to ask him lots of detailed questions. And I'm going to ask him, what did Ryan say to you about this? I would ask him the question. I would say, did Ryan say why he did it? Did Ryan say how he did it? Did Ryan say anything else that about what he was doing over there at her house? Well, if
1: he gave the same answer that Brooke gave me, which is allegedly what Bo told Brooke, unless he says something different to the GBI, that answer would be a look of shame. Nothing firm, just a look of shame. Is the GBI just going to accept that as truth? Or do they think it's weird, just like I think it's weird?
2: If that's how it went down, they would have to believe it's weird. And quite frankly, that is also a good reason for a defense lawyer to argue that Bo is not credible. And if Bo has all these details about everything else except what happened inside the house— why wouldn't Bo simply ask Ryan when this body is presented to him? Why wouldn't he just say, what the hell did you do? Or how did you do it? Or why did you do it? According to Brooke, he did.
1: And he just never answered. But is Again, that, just the look of shame.
3: That doesn't have the ring of truth. It, yeah, she it does that. She took that look of shame as sexually somehow. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah which is a, very strange, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's not what I would get from that. A look of shame. You could be shameful about a lot of things. Why specifically something sexual? Yeah. I mean, that could be just killing Tara in any fashion. That's right. But why she took it to the sexual part, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't
2: either. Well, Bo knows a lot, apparently. But if if his details are limited to just what happened afterwards, if you're on a jury, do you really believe that he's not going to ask Ryan Duke, why did you kill her or how did you kill her or what happened in that house? That's what a rational person would do. That's certainly what I would do if you came to me and told me something like that or showed me where you just killed somebody.
1: Especially if you were going to participate in destroying her body from that point forward. I, I don't care how evil you are. That is something that logically happens is that you
2: find out what happened before you get involved. That's exactly my point. If you come to me and, and show me that you've just killed somebody, probably the second thing I'm going to do is call the police, but the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you what in the hell happened. And what, what, what is the benefit for Bo helping Ryan?
1: That's what I can't figure out either.
3: He was scared is what Brooke said. I don't buy that. I think that the burning and destroying the body benefited Bo just as much as Ryan. It allowed both of them to get by with the crime for almost 12 years.
2: Oh, Maurice, you're, you're suggesting, if I'm reading you correctly, that you think Bo may have been involved in the murder. That would be the impetus for him helping him like that. Bo
1: would not be linked That's to right. killing Tara if he didn't kill Tara. So right. there is nothing in it for him to go try to get rid of the evidence.
3: I don't believe that Ryan, with the lock gate out there and stuff, I don't believe that Ryan went to the pecan orchard out of his own choice without um, Bo knowing about it.
1: Because you have to wonder why he chose the orchard in the first place. That's right. It's not his orchard. That's right. So why did he trust that no one would find it out on the orchard? And it's always been private property. I'll be honest with you. I mean, according to Brooke's story, which is allegedly Bo's story, is that Bo found out for sure that Tara was murdered on that Wednesday. And that Wednesday is when Ryan allegedly took Bo to Tara's body, and it was on the orchard. I don't believe that. It's very strange that Ryan would wait two days and then all of a sudden take
3: him there in the first place. Do you place. know how intense the search the was going on by that time?
1: And for Tara to just to be laying there in the open, as described by Brooke, very, very strange. Yeah, the whole thing just smells funny to me. The indictment seems to go right along with that, smelling just as funny, if not funnier. I just think
2: you should uh, just keep on doing what you're doing. I agree with that 100% because yeah. somebody needs to question the narrative. And that's what the podcast is presently doing. It may very well be that it happened exactly like it's alleged in the indictment. Okay. It may be that it didn't happen that way. But I think it's productive to question things the way that you're doing and to test whether or not what we're being told is the truth. Yeah. And if you're after the truth, a good investigator said to always follow the evidence wherever it leads. Okay. To the truth. And if the law enforcement has been misled in this case, then you'd be doing them a service by letting them know that. If you, if you uncover some information that it didn't exactly happen that way. so yeah. You'd actually be doing law enforcement a service. You'd be doing a service to everybody who's interested in this case and certainly to Tara and to her family. Yeah, I mean, it's not about proving somebody wrong. I would try to find out, if, if possible,
3: or just ask around. what was the impetus for them uh, wanting this whole thing within Canberra in secrecy? They encambered a secrecy that was originally written uh, along with the gag order. What was the motive behind uh, the reason why they wanted that? And who wanted it? Yeah, because the DA DA and, and the defense attorney didn't object to that.
2: Who wanted it? I don't think it's something the judge would just do on her own. Oh, no. She'd have to be asked by one of the parties to do it. And there's no written motion in the case file asking for a gag order, so it had to be something that was discussed orally. That's right. Thanks For
1: listening, guys. Today's episode was mixed and mastered by Resonate Recordings. If you want to improve the quality of your podcast or start a podcast of your own, check them out at resonaterecordings.com. And don't forget, our new podcast, Sworn, debuts this Wednesday, June 14th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to Sworn on Apple Podcasts. We also have a special bonus episode for you coming this Friday. The Up and Vanished and Tenderfoot team attended the first annual CrimeCon event, where we got to meet fans and do live Q&As and do some really cool interviews. And we recorded all of it for you to hear. So look for our bonus CrimeCon episode this Friday. And last but not least, episode 21 comes out next Monday. Today's episode was made and recorded at Industrious Atlanta, Ponce City Market. Check them out at industriousoffice.com slash vanished. For a $250 discount on Office Space. Thanks for listening, guys, and I'll see you soon.